may be seated, all of you. There's going to be way too many scriptures to, uh, you know, have you popping like popcorn up and down, up and down. We're going to cover this chapter. As you already know, we're doing this four-part se- four series on 1 John. So Pastor already did part one and part two, chapter one and chapter two. I'm doing chapter three. And, of course, next week, Pastor's going to be back. Let's see. Give it up for Pastor. Woo! Come on. Thank you so much. I am truly, truly blessed to have each and every one of you here, truly. It sounds kind of corny or something like that. I say that all the time. But it is such a blessing to have you here at 1C Church. We are so grateful and we are so blessed to have each and every one of you. I just want to introduce myself. My, my name is Vince Dawson. I'm an associate pastor here or one of them. Nate, where are you? Nate, the guy that did the announcements, he's our other associate pastor. I just want to thank Pastor Jeff for giving me the opportunity to stand here before you. Such an awesome man and a mentor of mine. I love him so very dearly. How many of you have ever loved something or been in so-called in love, right? Or how many of you have been loved? You've been the recipient of that love, right? Like I had this 69 Mach 1 Mustang. Yeah. It was an automatic, I know. It's not, you know, a real hot rod unless it's a stick, right? But still, 69 walk, 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 blah, 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 blah. I'm doing the pastor thing where I get all tongue-tied. But anyways, 69 Walk 1 Mustang was my very first car. I was like so pumped about it. I love that thing to death. And you floor it. Of course it burns out when you floor it. But it gets a second gear scratch like, whoa, whoa. You're like, oh, you know it's bad to the bone when it's an automatic and it gets a second gear scratch. Come on, come on. All the guys out there, you know that's true, right? But I matured. I got better. I got a six-speed. Yeah. My next favorite car, years and years and years and years later, I had this 650 BMW. Oh, it had smoked out rims that were deep dish, big old fat tires on the back and medium-sized tires up front. It was sexy as all get out. I know. I said sexy. Yeah. Her name was Veronica. Yeah. And she was beautiful. Trust me. Oh, my goodness. Could she corner? Woo! Praise the Lord. I went around this corner because one of my nieces, I think it was Nolani, um, she had a flat tire. And so Dawn's like, she's in a, um, a bad neighborhood. We need to get there. I'm like, whoa, whoa. We took this corner so tight. I was expecting a little bit of this. You know, I was prepared for that. But we just like took, hooked that corner. Like, whoa. I was like, whoa. That was amazing. I love cars, if you couldn't tell. Love them. I drive an Equinox right now, so it's not much fun. <laughs> little forward cylinder, no turbo, no nothing. Push the gas pedal. I think ants beat me off the line. But anyways, <laughs> we're not going there. But being in love is amazing. Amazing. I love my wife. She is so gorgeous, so beautiful. I'm blessed by her every single day. I always try all my life when I was a little kid, dating girls, whatever like that, you know, I always tried to like outgive the girl. She'd get me some cool gift. I'd make sure that my gift outtopped hers like crazy, you know, because I wanted to be that guy you know what my boyfriend got me, blah, blah, blah. I want to be that guy. Behind the scenes, you know girls talk about that stuff, guys, right? Right, yeah, they do. If you didn't know, they do. Yeah, so when you get her like an apron next time, you know, mm, don't do that. So anyways, <laughs> just saying. But um, so I always want to be that guy. But my wife, she outgives me every single time. I can't like outgive her. 
Okay, my son, amazing, love him to death. You guys have children, you guys have wives or spouses. All the men raise your hand and say, yes, my, my spouse, my wife is like the most amazing woman on the planet. Yeah, just so I could get you to say yes, amen. That way you don't get in trouble later on. But love is amazing. First John chapter three, verse one, he kind of starts out with this big, huge, like, bang. Okay, he's like, hey, take notice. Look over here. I want you to notice something. Hey, you guys over there. Yeah, you way back there. I want you to notice me. Wait, stop everything you're doing. I want you to notice this thing I'm talking about. It's greater. It's the greatest thing. I, I can't even put it in a box. I can't contain it. I can't describe it. I, I'm just mind blown by this. And he says, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we, me and you, little old nothings, should be called children of God. If I was going to title this sermon, it'd be No Greater Love. And kind of like what I want to do with this chapter is I want to cut it up into three different parts. And the first part right now, I want to talk about His love. The second part, I want to talk about my love. Turn to your neighbor and say, my love. And then turn to your neighbor. The next part I want to um, talk about is our love. Turn to your neighbor, someone else, and say, our love. All right. <laughs> There's no greater love than the love of Jesus. Can I get an amen? God has this thing called agape love. They try to put a word on it and try to describe it and things like that, you know. And I'm going to try to describe it and everything like that. But we're going to fail. Totally, miserably. But anyways, we're going to try anyways. So agape love, it's a love that's selfless. It's a selfless love. The love of God, the love God wants us to have isn't an emotional kind of a love. Like when we see my wife and she's so pretty and beautiful and I'm just like, oh, goodness gracious. You know, he's not talking about that kind of love, okay? He's talking about a love that is a conscious act of will, a deliberate decision on our part to put others ahead of ourselves. This is the kind of love our Father, God, Jesus Christ, has for us. God created like all the heavens, all the earths, the stars, the planets, the moons, the suns, the universes, the galaxies, everything. For your wonderment. That's what it's there for. For you just to be amazed. He created all the plants and the animals and the beautiful, gorgeous sunsets. You know, the smells. The smell of a flower. We put it up to your nose and you smell this very sweet smell. He created your nose to send that little signal to your brain and go, yeah, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Because what does your nose know? It knows nothing. But God created this little sensory and put it in your brain like, yeah, that's a good thing, right? <clears throat> he also, <clears throat> he also put, um, put the cool breeze. When you're like mowing your lawn, who's mows your lawn? Or you have a lawn guy. If you have a lawn guy, don't raise your hand. But if you, if you do lawn, mow your own lawn, that cool breeze right when you need it and you're mowing the lawn, it's like, whew, you're like, oh, thank you, God. You know, he created that for you. That refreshing taste. Who likes strawberries? Me. I love them. Love them to death. Okay? <clears throat> that refreshing taste. The crunch of a strawberry that's ripe. 
so amazing in your mouth. I wish I had one right now because my throat's kind of dry. But anyways, everything you can imagine in its beauty. God did all of this for his love for you and I. Oh, she's so sweet. Look at that. See, I'm telling you. I'm telling you guys. Thank you, babe. Anyways, he did all of this for you and me. This crazy, mind-blowing love. God did that for us. As if that wasn't enough of creating everything that you can see, feel, hear, everything. You and I, people that you love, everything. That wasn't enough. He bestowed upon us. He gave us. No, he honored us. Rewarded us. That we should be called children of God. Verse, 1 John 3, 1 goes on to say, Therefore the world does not know us. Because it did not know him. Now, that might be a little bit confusing and word flip-floppy. Let me give it to you this way. Okay? You have friends out there, right? We all have acquaintances and stuff like that. And then we have people that we kind of know. They kind of know us or we might kind of know them. Like if I said, Paul Abdul to all you, you all kind of know who I'm talking about. We don't know her at all, though. We just know her name. Okay? We don't know. Right? Or the guy walking down the street, we might know of him because he's walked down the street ten times, you know? But other than that, we just know of them. Then we have acquaintances. We kind of know their name and maybe their spouse, but that's it. Then we have our best friends, and they, they know a whole lot about us. But we could even turn to our best friends and say, you don't know me. And they're like, huh? I've known you for 15 years. Yeah, I do. No, you don't know me. Just because someone knows you doesn't mean they know you. Do you get me on that? Because they don't know your passions. They don't know your desires. They don't know your struggles that you go through day in and day out that you don't tell anyone. Who has those? Me. I don't tell anyone some things, not even my wife. Some things I just like, you know, it's just me and Jesus on my knees and I'm just like, Lord, huh, you know, I'm battling this thing right here and that's, we need to work on it, right? They don't know me, but God knows me like no one else knows me. So when, when he says, you know, therefore the world does not know us, he, they, don't, they can't comprehend who Jesus Christ is because they don't have a walk with Jesus Christ. So then how can they comprehend who you are because you've dedicated your life to Jesus Christ? If they don't know what ice cream is, how can they even comprehend like you like ice cream? That means nothing to them. When you say I'm a child of God, it means nothing to them. Verse 2, beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed. Get excited right here because this is crazy awesome. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. What he's saying there is there's going to be a day we're going to be caught up in a twinkling of an eye, and we're going to be transformed. Our bodies, we're going to lose this flesh and the kind of thing, and we're going to be transformed. We're going to be made like him. Come on. We're talking about the rapture. We're talking about the Holy Spirit right there taking us up yonder, taking us out of this world. And everyone who has that hope, this hope, that hope in that rapture, that hope in being transformed and may be made like him so that we can see Jesus as he is. In that hope, 
in him purifies himself just as he, God, is pure. He's saying, beloved, we are going to meet Jesus in the air. We are going to be given new bodies and transformed into his likeness. We're living. We're living like Jesus, and we are to be like Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about the waitress that comes up to you, right? I'm not talking about the waitress and comes up to you and says, hey, what do you want to drink? You know, you sit at the restaurant, and you say, oh, Dr. Pepper, you know, because I like Dr. Pepper. It's kind of good. And then she says, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have Dr. Pepper. What about root beer? What you talking about, Willis? When did root beer become like Dr. Pepper? Do they taste anything alike? They're liquid. You might as well just say the orange juice. Hello, if you don't have Dr. Pepper, say, I don't have Dr. Pepper. Would you like something else? We have Pepsi products and no Dr. Pepper. So, something like that. It's, it's not like a Mexican restaurant. You go there, and who's been to a Mexican restaurant? Who knows the secret menu item? Mexican Coke. If you don't know, now you know. Go up there and say, I want a Mexican Coke. It's not out of the fountain. They bring a glass with ice in it. No, that's regular Coke. Mexican Coke, it comes in a bottle, right? It's made out of sugar king. Am I right, Danny? Right? Sugar king. You go there and you say, <clears throat> that's my brother-in-law, Danny. He knows all the secret hiding stuff that we never knew, but now we know. So when we go into a Mexican restaurant, we all go, Mexican Cokes, and everybody gets a bottle of Coke, right? No refills. We have to pay for each bottle. That's the only bottom part. But anyways... Right? It's a Coca-Cola bottle. It looks like a cola bottle. It almost tastes just like the other Coca-Cola bottle. That's what being like Jesus is going to be like. You're going to be like him. We're going to see Jesus as he is. That's such an awesome, amazing, extraordinary thing. So Jesus is pure. So are we to be pure. Meaning when we start following Jesus, we act like Jesus. When we start following Jesus, we do like Jesus. When we start act, um, following Jesus, we act and talk like Jesus. So this elevator little um, movie clip, not movie clip, little, I don't know, youtube thingy, you know, where it's a little video and they set up cameras in the elevator. And every single person in the, in the elevator, you might have seen this one, every single person in the elevator goes like this. Here's the door right here. So they're all facing the wrong way. So this lady comes in and she goes, uh, okay. So she kind of walks over here and turns facing the correct way, pushes her button and just kind of stands there and waits for her floor. Well, another person comes on who's in on the little gag thing. Okay. Another person comes in and th they turn the wrong way too. Push their button and turn the wrong way and just stand there the wrong way. Well, two floors go by. And so now she's feeling kind of little weird. So now she's not standing straight. She's kind of like got this, you know, little slant step, but she's still facing the door. So she's all good, you know, because, you know, when the devil attacks you and we start sinning, you know, and we're in the world and the world is surrounding us and we're around the world, we can, you know, I'm not sinning. I'm just around the people that are sinning. You know, I'm not doing what they're doing. Trust me. You know, I'm going to the party pastor, but I'm not doing drugs like them. I'm just going to the party. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm right here. I'm okay. I'm still facing Jesus. It's all good. So another person comes on the, in the door and comes out and they're facing the wrong way too. So she comes, she just kind of puts her back towards the wall, you know, of the elevator. Now she's like, I'm still, I'm still okay. 
you know? I'm not doing what they're doing. I'm just, you know, in here. I'm just kind of blending it in. Don't worry about it. I still got Jesus in my heart. I'm still a child of God. I'm just blending in, right? And then she comes, and another person gets off and gets on, and then she's kind of like, oh, I'm almost, you know, but her head is kind of like to the side like this, you know, and so she can still out of the corner of her eyes see the door, you know, and then another person gets on, and then she's totally turned around. She's got her head down, right? It's just an example of mob mentality. We start doing the things that the people we hang around, we all the time, if you're hanging around X, Y, and Z person that don't respect or love God, guess what? Sooner or later, not right away, but sooner or later, you're going to be doing the same thing. We need to be the influencers. There needs to be some Holy Ghost filled, water baptized in Jesus' name people around here saying, hey, you know what? I'm having a baby shower and I'm going to have Uncle Tim, Bobby, my friend Susie and them and they don't know Jesus. I'm going to get some one seed Holy Ghost people over there. I'm going to invite Dawn. I'm going to get Mike, you know, I'm going to get some people, you know, over here and I'm going to like surround them with some Holy Ghost people. That way we are the influencers. We should be influencing Jesus on other people. There shouldn't be these YouTube influencers. I need a Holy Ghost filled water baptized in Jesus name influencer. That's what we need here. Hallelujah. Where's one of those that I see a whole bunch of them. We just got to step out. Remember, pastors always talking about step. You step, I step. You know, we just need to take a step and say, I'm going to be an influencer starting today. I'm going to influence the people at my work. I'm going to influence the people over here. People at General Motors are always trying to talk to me like, oh, this, this, and this, and this, and always talking these disgusting things because they already know that I walk a life of God. So they're always trying to take a dig at me all the time. They're like, oh, well, I do this and this. I'm like, I just got to get away from that nastiness, you know, because that's what people try to do because they see you and they see a life that they can't, like, imagine. It doesn't comprehend to them. It says, whoever abides in him does not sin. This is verse 6. Um, whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Whoever commits sin without asking forgiveness is what he's saying here. Whoever continues to sin thinking that they are righteous. Have you ever known someone that pulls a couple of scriptures out of the Bible and says, look, the Bible, I got this from the Bible. You know, the book, the holy book, it's right here. You know, they don't pull out the whole chapter or the whole book and read that for context. No, they just got their one scripture, Right? Little children, he says in verse 7, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. He, um, just as he is righteous, just as God is righteous. What he's trying to say there is practice righteousness. Practice righteousness. That's a big, giant, huge clue to everything in our walk with God. How many of you practice anything? Who's ever rode a bike before? Well, you didn't practice on your first time? Who's ever drove a stick before and killed it 15 times before you, you know? Who's ever done that? Can I get an amen? Right? You practice, and now you can do a burnout like crazy, right? Who's all the women? Well, men too. Hey, not, you know, men too, just not me. Um, who's ever made a cake before, right? Your very first time, right? <laughs> now? You're like, I'll make a cake, I'll make cake pops, I'll do all kinds of stuff, you know, right? <clears throat> when we practice righteousness, things in our life change. 
we practice. Practice means to perform an activity or an exercise. And that's definitely not me because I tried that one time and that wasn't good. So exercise a skill repeatedly or regularly in order to improve or to maintain one's proficiency. So if we apply practicing, because he says to practice righteousness, okay, if we apply that, we're supposed to practice raising our hands. Because pastor's always saying this isn't a library. He's right. It's not a library. Raise your hands every once in a while. It's okay. Practice. It's all right. You can raise your hands. You can shout out hallelujah. It's okay. It's all right because it's not a library. You can practice your first time to school like this. It's okay to whisper it. It's all right. No one's going to hear you, but God heard you. You got to practice. Your first time's not going to be that great. Then you got to come out here and be like, praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but I love to praise the Lord. Ha, ha. Right? And feel like some crazy anointed person. You're like, wow, that person really got it going on. Man, they must just have this awesome life of God and a great anointing. No, they were practicing for several years right? They practice dancing. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you, God. I praise you. And they're like, man, how'd that person get the boldness right there just to start worshiping God, right? Just, that's just amazing. I wish I had that boldness that that person does. Start practicing. Start practicing. Start practicing righteousness. That's what John's trying to tell you. Practice righteousness, okay? Just as God is righteous. Verse 8 and 9 He says, he who sins is the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For the purpose, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. Keyword. Whoever has been, verse 9, whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed, God's seed, remains in him, and he cannot sin. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know I couldn't sin. Could you, did you know you guys can't sin? That's what it says right here. I'm reading it right here. It says, um, whoever has been born again. Have you guys been born again? Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, does not sin. Well, none of you sin. That's what the Bible says, right? That's what it says right there. Okay. Um, for his seed remains in him. Oh, God's seed remains in you, even if you're sinning. That's what it kind of says I'm reading right there. He says, he cannot sin. Oh, did you know you cannot sin? That's pretty awesome. Um, because he has been born of God. Wow. I'm just going to take that scripture out, and I'll just pose it to anyone that, like, you know, comes against me. Oh, look, the Bible says I cannot sin because I've been born of God. Right, right there, right there. John said, right there. He's writing to all these pastors, and all these pastors are supposed to tell all their saints, right? That's what he's saying. Wrong. So wrong. John is talking about the person who habitually sins, who thinks it's okay to sin, who's like saying, hey, it's totally cool to sin. Don't worry about it. You know, you're saved by grace. I'm just saved by grace, right? Isn't that the song, you know? God's saved by grace. Don't worry about it. Do whatever you want. You don't have to repent. God is, you're saved. That's not what the, John is talking about at all. He says, for whoever has been born again does not sin, for his seed, God's seed, remains in him. He's talking about whoever has been born again of God does not practice sin, a repeated action to get better at. Don't practice. He's saying the people that practice sin, the habitual sinner, the person who thinks it's just totally fine to keep on sinning and sinning and sinning and not ask for forgiveness. Since you are a child of God, then you have God's seed in you. You either 
have it or you don't. The letter between A and B in the American alphabet is what? A, B. What's that letter? No, C's after B. The letter between A and B. Yeah, there isn't nothing, right? Exactly, crickets, right? Nothing, right? Because it's either A or B. It's not, ah, it's, there is no letter. You either have God or you don't have God. That's all he's trying to say. It's really, he's not trying to make this complicated. John is like here, he's like point blank, where most people might be like, hey, I'm going to beat around the bush just a little bit, you know. No, John's just trying to say, hey, this is it right here, point blank. Black, white, this is it, A or B. You either are with God or you're against God or you're with the devil. Do you love, live, do you think about sin constantly? Do you breathe sin? Do you feel sin all around you? Do you desire that? Do you act out sinful things? John's saying, then you're of the devil. Just simple. Or do you love God? Do you live for God? Do you think about God during the day? You see a sunrise or a sunset or something else or something, some blessing comes your way and you're like, thank you, Jesus, you know? Um, do you breathe God? Do you desire to feel him? Do you do acts, you know, like blessing people, hold up the door, say, oh, thank you so very much, or you bless someone else with this or that or whatever? Do you show love towards one another? That's acts of God. You're being, that's practicing righteousness right there. All have sinned. We're not saying that. We're not talking about the person who sins on this or that or whatever and asks for forgiveness because you know what forgiveness is, right? You know, you did this, you asked for forgiveness of it, and you're this way because you turn away from. You turn away from that thing that you did. That's sin. You know, when you ask for forgiveness of something, you turn away from it and you walk the other direction because you don't waddle in that same sin that you just asked for forgiveness of. <clears throat> John is talking about someone who celebrates in sin, enjoys sin, and supports others in their sin. Verse 10 goes on to say, by this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. He's like, they're obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. That's pretty simple. That's, you know, no secrets there. Nor the one who um, does not love his brother. Wait, what a second. <clears throat> We're moving on to our love. Um, who loves our brother, right? Because verse 11 goes on to say, it's like, for this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. When you walk into one seed church and someone opens up the door for you, it should not be this. It shouldn't be that. It should be like, welcome to one seat. Thank you so much for coming. Vince, I know you've been here 40,000 times. It's okay. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. God bless you. You're an awesome person. And I love that style you got going on. You got some pink in your shoes. You got some pink in your shirt. Way to go with that. Oh, you kind of color cord match there. You look awesome. Praise the Lord. How you doing? God bless you. How are you doing today? You know, God's awesome and he loves you. Do you know that? Yeah. Have a great service. That's what it should be like. We should be here in this house, not the world, here in this house. We're all one. We all love Christ. We all love each other. Right? Can I get an amen? 
So this should be the most loving, most peaceful, most amazingly comfort place in the whole entire world. When you come here, this should be the delight of your whole entire week to come here, Pastor Jeff, preach a sermon, and get loved on by every single person here. Right? That should be the most amazing thing ever. It's like, I can't wait to go to one seed. I'm going to get me some loving. I know it's Saturday. I can't wait because this has been a horrible week. You know, I got vacation next week. Thank you, Jesus. But um, this week, this week was just a nightmare. This happened and this happened. I can't wait to get to one seed so I can get some loving. Oh, I can have people hug me. And, you know, no, no matter what, no matter how horrible I do on this sermon, no one's going to care because someone's going to come up to me and say, hey, guess what, Vince? You did awesome. You did amazing. I felt God's presence. And thank you for speaking to me. Someone's going to love on me. No matter what, I think in my own little tiny dumb head. You know, and all the little criticisms that we give each other. Does anyone else beat themselves up? Me. That's, that's my crutch. Okay? I beat myself up all the time. So, <clears throat> you know, and so you're always going bonk, 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 bonk. Someone's going to come up to me and put their arm around me or send me a cool little text. And I'm going to go, like, oh, cool. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Someone's going to show some love. Verse 13, 14, 15 says, do not marvel. Do not marvel, my brother, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love, because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever takes his brother is a murderer. And you know no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. He's saying, don't be surprised. Don't be shocked when people don't understand your walk with God. That despise you for your walk with God. Because evil doesn't like God. It's plain and simple. You and your life are a constant reminder of how they should be living their life. They look at you and go, why are you always smiling? Why aren't you always mad, Vince? You know, you had a horrible week. Why aren't you mad? Why aren't you blowing your temper like everyone else at work? When I do blow my temper, and it's happened three times in the seven years that I've been there. So, you know, they count. Trust me. Um, but they called me the hawk one time, and I'm just like, I'm, there's no hawk there. Trust me. But anyways, you just unfortunately have bad days. But I'm saying, like, they look at you and go, why are you so happy all the time? Why are you smiling all the time? Why are you such a good move all, all the time? Why are you trying to give people advice about this or that or whatever? Why? They can't comprehend. And I say, well, it's because of God. God's changed my life, and I love him, and you should change your life too and serve God. And they're like, no, 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 no. I could never live like that, Vince. It's like Mount Everest to them. The way they see your life is Mount Everest. It's too far. They can't see it. The only thing, they think that your life is so perfect and everything that you have is too easy because you have no problems, right? Because God loves you and he provides for you, right? No one has problems here, right? No one. I do. I have a whole bunch of them. But anyways, they ponder on how they can even live their life like that. They think that like, hey, if I start living my life with God, Everything that I'm doing so-called wrong has to stop instantaneously. Practice means what? That you're constantly learning, right? When you, your first time doing anything, are you great at it? I already said this, but practicing, that's the whole entire concept. 
So they never even try to serve God because it's too big of a mountain to look at and say, oh, my goodness, I could never not curse, you know. I Get wasted, not get wasted on a weekend. I mean, come on. I have to get wasted, you know. I mean, it's just the way of life. It's just they aren't practicing righteousness, that's all. You're not good. You're not that good. I'm not that good. We're all saved by God, right? We're all saved by his grace, right? We're not that good. The world looks at us and thinks that they see this pretty little picture, but we're not that good, are we? We're not. Not at all. Loving others is not optional. When you go online, it says put in your email and your phone number and then phone number is optional, right? Loving others isn't optional with God. He commands us to love one another. It's positive proof that you have a walk with God when you love others. And you don't just do it with your words. You do it with your actions. Hey, you know what? Um, I'm just going to bless you with this. You know, like my cousin came over for a cooler um, yesterday, you know, and she says, hey, you know, can I borrow this cooler? I'm like, yeah, we never use this color. As a matter of fact, you can just have this cooler because honestly, it's not my garage anymore and I have space now. Um, but I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to like, yes, you can have this gigantic, humongous thing that weighs 600 pounds and once you put ice in it, it weighs 700 pounds and these little tiny arms can't carry it anyways. Yes, please take it from me. But you can bless people, not only with your words, but with your deeds. Yeah, holding the door is nice. But you see someone give them something that they need it, if you have it. Don't go to your credit card and borrow from someone else so that you can bless this person over here. That's not what God's asking. He's asking to give out of your abundance. If you don't have abundance, ask for God's abundance and then give out of that blessing to someone else. Because we are called to love each other. Our love for a neighbor. We should be doing with all of our hearts and our minds and our soul. Well, I don't like their attitude. And, you know, whenever I'm on my lawn, they do this and this and this. And they always throw trash in my lawn. And to love yourself, to love your neighbor as yourself. That's where he's coming with that. Why don't, we don't have to agree with everything. They, well, they're this kind of political, blah, 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 blah. Don't worry about politics. God calls you to love them, no matter who they like. We are to love each other. We are supposed to be the influencers. We are. We're the influencers. Not that person on TikTok or whatever they're doing, you know. We're the influencers. We can love and respect them for being created by God. True? Even if they're everything that you hate, God created them, and you can love them for that. You can pray for them and say, God, I just somehow 
make it a way. Make a way because you are the way maker. You can make a way that person can be blessed. That person can be anointed. That person can change their life around. Yeah, they were an A, but now they're a B. They got you in their life. They're living their life for you. And now they have the greatest testimony of all time. And they're going to touch that person and that person and that person and that person. It's because someone at 1C just stepped out. They stepped out. People may take advantage of the blessing I give them. And once you give it, it's it's not your blessing. Well, they took the cooler I had and they sold it for 50 bucks. So let God sort that stuff out. That's not up to you. Well, they, I saw this man stand on the um, side of the road and I gave him um, $10 and, you know, um, I saw him 10, um, 10 minutes later hop in his Mercedes Benz and, and drive away. So, were you not going to give it to him? Who? Don't worry about the, what happens next. Bless, love us, love others. That's where God wants us to be. love others with all of our hearts. All they need to do is to start. You step. That's all they need to do. We need to realize that and give them a little more love because all they need to do is you step. That's it. God will do the rest. They just don't understand that it's I'm practicing righteousness. That's it. I'm just going to start practicing righteousness. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to bake a cake. Couldn't tell you at all. Flour, eggs, water, something else. I don't know. How they get the little red and white pink dots in the middle of the angel food cake. Who knows? Just something you add in there, I guess. I don't know. Right? Women know. I'll ask my wife. She knows. (laughs) But it's about stepping. If we just love them, they'll be able to step. You step. I step. They can take that step. Just got to love on them a little bit more. Lord, I love you, Jesus. I praise you, God. Lord, in Jesus' name, I ask you to bless this congregation. Lord, in Jesus' name, God. Let us know your love, God, in Jesus' name, in a way that we have never experienced it before in our lives, Jesus. Lord, let us have a revelation in our life. Lord, let our eyes be opened and see you in a different way, Jesus, Lord. Let us experience your love in a way that we can never imagine, Jesus, Lord. In Jesus' name, God, bless us, Lord. Touch us, Lord. Lord, let our love for you, Jesus, Lord, to always never, ever give up on you, God. To always keep on asking forgiveness every single time we fall. Every single time we need to get up. Every single time we need to turn away from that sin and walk a totally different direction, Jesus. Lord, help us, Jesus, to get that strength, God. Lord, for we need you, Jesus, in our life, God. Lord, we need to be able to say, I love you, God. No matter what happens in my life. No matter what destruction comes my way, I'm going to keep on serving you, Jesus. No matter what, I'm going to keep on taking that step. I'm going to keep on practicing righteousness, Lord. I'm going to keep on practicing, Lord. No matter what, my worship, my dance, my shout, whatever it is, God, I'm going to keep on. I'm going to keep on, Jesus. Lord, for you are worthy, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, I'm going to reach out to someone this week. I'm going to reach out to someone today. I'm going to reach out to my brother, my sister, my aunt, my uncle, whoever it may be, Jesus. I'm going to reach out to someone because they might step. They might step, Jesus. And if they do, God, oh, hallelujah. If they do, they'll experience something they've never experienced before.
on the life, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise you, God. We thank you, Jesus, Lord, for your love. Love you, God. 